In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation and great to be with you. Hoping all of you had a very happy, holy, and restful Thanksgiving Day. And as always, we'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And also as we pray in the beautiful prayer, as we conclude the rosary, the Hail Holy Queen, Mary is also our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's lift our minds, our hearts to Mary and invite her her to pray for us and to pray with us. As we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, my friends, let's invite our spiritual director to be with us. What a privilege and grace it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. There are many wonderful titles that the church, tradition, and sacred scripture offers for the Holy Spirit. We give a few. He's the paraclete. He's also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. also known as our Consoler, as well as our Counselor. Holy Spirit, furthermore, is <coughs> our Interior Master. St. Paul says it very clearly that we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so we can say Abba. Abba which means uh, Daddy or Father.
So let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. And beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light. A lot of inspiration. And holiness of life. As we pray. Come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit Grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Andrew Dunlack and companions, uh, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Francis Xavier, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. So welcome all to our Perseverance family conversation and Hope that you all had a very happy, holy, and restful Thanksgiving. And let's continue to praise and thanks God even today. So I would encourage all of you by promising to pray for you in my Mass I'll be celebrating. Holy sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest of all prayers in the world. So I'd like to place you all on the altar. Place you all on the altar. And pray for many intentions. Intentions. 
among which will be the following. First, I'd like to pray that all of us would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. That's right. We would pray that we'd be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And this could be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come to the heart of Mary. My next intention will be to pray for our family members and on this Thanksgiving weekend that we would be thankful for God and all the many gifts that God has bestowed upon us. May the prayer of the psalmist be our prayer. Give thanks to the Lord for his good. For his love endures forever. And finally, this prayer intention is always very prominent in my list. And to pray for those who will be dying today. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What does it profit man if we gain the whole universe and we end up by losing our soul for all eternity? Ecclesiastes teaches us vanity of vanity. Vanity, vanity. All is vanity if it's not related to God and the eternal salvation of our souls. Let's pray for the dying. Very good, my friends. Just as a... Just as a Closing note on Thanksgiving. The gospel yesterday was taken from St. Luke chapter 17. And the gospel was our Lord showing his great compassion and love as he's heading toward Jerusalem to Galilee and Samaria and he meets up with ten lepers who cry out, Lord Jesus, Son of David, have, have mercy on us. And our Lord, moved with pity, tells them to go to the priest. On the way there, the ten of the lepers are immediately healed of their leprosy. 
However, only one of them returns to the Lord, throws himself on his face and he praises and thanks, thanks the Lord for healing him of his leprosy. The Lord said, we're not ten, we're the other nine. Only this foreigner who was a Samaritan came back to thank the Lord. The Lord was dismayed because only one of the ten gave him thanks. He tells the the healed leper, get up, your faith has saved you. My friends, this week I gave a, a mini retreat. And the mini retreat was based on Thanksgiving. It's where the mini retreat was based on the whole concept concept of Thanksgiving. So even though we celebrate Thanksgiving Day once a year, every day of our life, every day of our life should be a day of thanksgiving. What do we have that God has not given to us? The only thing that we have that God has not given to us are our sins. Our sins, we have chosen our sins. But aside from that, every good gift comes from our Heavenly Father, the Father of all good lights. Everything we have. On a natural plane, on a human plane, on an intellectual plane, all that we have is a pure, gratuitous, gratuitous gift from our bounteous and generous Heavenly Father. But most especially on the supernatural or spiritual plane, We want to thank God for all that is all refers to our relationship to God. For that reason, my talk on Wednesday was related to the incredible, numerous, bountiful gifts that we receive once we're baptized. So my friends, let us be eternally grateful, eternally grateful for the gift that God has given to us in baptism that not only washes away original sin, but the baptism we receive, most of us when we're very small, 
resulted in a radical transformation in us in relationship that we became (coughs) sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father, brothers and sisters to Jesus Christ, intimate friends with the Holy Spirit, living tabernacles of the Blessed Trinity, icons of God himself, with a dignity and a destiny which is nothing less than we are we are inheritors we receive in, as an inheritance heaven itself all of this is related to baptism so let us give thanks to the Lord for his good for his mercy endures forever Amen Yesterday, my friends, was the feast day of Blessed Miguel Pro, very famous Mexican martyr. And as he was before the firing squad in the city of Mexico, his last words were, Que viva Cristo Rey. Que viva Cristo Rey which is very appropriate because this Sunday, this Sunday, my friends, we celebrate, que viva Cristo Rey, we celebrate the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King, King of the universe, King of heaven and earth. Very appropriate we celebrate Miguel Pro just a couple of days before the celebration of Christ the King. And then the following Sunday we enter into the new church liturgical season, which is out of Advent in preparation for Christmas. The day that follows, the day that follows the memorial of Blessed Miguel Augustine Pro is November 24th. The church celebrates the martyrdom of the, the, the Vietnamese martyrs. Ever since the church Catholicism entered into Vietnam, there have been violent persecutions. Eventually, Vietnam will, will, will become a communist country in the north and then the south. Not communist. It's just a brief summary of the Vietnamese martyrs that we celebrate today. Church celebrates uh, not just one, but the church celebrates, my friends, 117 Vietnamese martyrs. 
that died in between these years, 1820 and 1862, those 42 years, there were thousands of Vietnamese martyrs, but the church has canonized 117. These 117 Vietnamese martyrs were all canonized by Pope St. John Paul II. And this was in the year 1988. So, one of the most famous would be, his name is Andrew, Andrew Dung Lak. was a parish priest. And if you read the Liturgy of the Hours, which is very moving, we have another one, his name is uh, St. Paul, who's another Vietnamese, Vietnamese martyr. And if you do read the Liturgy of the Hours, i just give you a brief summary of the reading, which is very touching. St. Paul, St. Paul, in honor of his patron saint, St. Paul, was imprisoned. His name is, my Vietnamese is not very good, Father Paul Le Bao Tin. Father Paul Le Bao Tin. He was martyred. So the church offers the liturgy of the hours and his a letter that he wrote to the seminarians in Vietnam, very, very moving. He says that entering into that prison is like entering into an image of hell. He said all types of tortures. He mentions shackles and chains. And he mentions his patron Saint, Saint Paul. He mentions all the different types of sin, anger, revenge, blasphemy, evil acts are carried out. But what's very interesting is that he says, even in the midst of these incredible sufferings, spiritual, physical, He says he experiences a lot of peace, a lot of joy. Because he's suffering, he says he's suffering not alone, he's suffering with the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is with him. And he experienced the comfort and the consolation of Christ who is the King of Martyrs. 
So he's giving a living witness to the power that comes from the cross and the power that comes from union with Christ. And he begs for the grace to be faithful. And then he, in this letter, he says that we're all called to run the race. Given the image that St. Paul gives, our spiritual life is like running a marathon. That he would persevere until the end. So we give thanks to God for Miguel Pro. Actually, we've got, we've got three martyrs in a row. November 22nd, we have St. Cecilia, Virgin Martyr. Then Miguel Pro, who was martyred and killed in the year 1927, and he was beatified 1988, which is the same year that the Vietnamese martyrs were canonized by Pope St. John Paul II. So if you remember, a couple of days in our conversation, we, we did talk about martyrdom. We talked about what is called red martyrdom and white martyrdom, as explained by Pope Pius XII. Red martyrdom is the most obvious when one sheds his blood for Christ or to defend some object of faith or some virtue like Maria Goretti. But Pope Pius XII specifies that white martyrdom is what most followers of Christ have to undergo. And white martyrdom, my friends, is basically dying to oneself every day. Dying to the flesh. Dying to disordered desires. Dying to gluttonous tendencies. Dying to lust. Dying to avarice and greed. Dying to a certain slothiness and mediocrity. Dying to impatience and anger. Dying to jealousy, envy and ambition. Dying to our pride, our egotism. That can be pretty hard, right? That's called, that's called, my friends, white martyrdom. It can be very, very hard at times. White martyrdom. So that's, uh, that's kind of like a panoramic vision of the saints that we celebrate in the past three days. All of them have the common thread that they are martyrs. They shed their blood for Christ and now they're with Christ, the King of Martyrs in heaven. I mentioned that when I was confirmed many years ago, the bishop would give you a little tap on the cheek. 
symbolizing that we should be willing and ready to suffer and die for Christ as a martyr if he so calls us to that great honor. And as St. Ignatius says, we don't have the grace right now. But if God asks uh, for that grace, he will pour forth a deluge of graces to give us the the ready and willingness to shed our life for Christ himself. So with Miguel Pro, que viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. So I'd like to move then into the first reading in the Gospel. It is not always the case, but the first reading from Maccabees and the Gospel taken from Luke chapter 19, there is a common theme. And the common theme theme is the respect as well as the sanctification of the temple, the earthly residence of God. So we see that in the book of Maccabees, as well as Jesus entering into the temple and purifying the temple. So let's uh, let's go through the readings today. And my style is to give a summary of the readings, then an interpretation, and then an application. Because not only are we called to know the Word of God, but we're called to understand it, to assimilate, and to live out the Word of God. Jesus says, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but those who do the will of my Heavenly Father. So the first reading is taken from actually the first book of Maccabees and parts of chapter 4. So Judas and his brothers have conquered their enemies. And their sanctuary has been desecrated. So, Judas and the whole army, they assemble and they go up Mount Zion to rededicate the temple. And God spoke to Moses, giving Moses many detailed ordinances or statutes for worship on how to build the the temple, the size of the temple, how the altar was to be built, how the altar was to be surrounded by little crowns and shields, 
how the temple was to be purified and clean. How the gates were to be made. And also, there was going to be a certain class of Jews that would be the priestly class. And this would be the, the, the Levites. And so there would be chambers where the priests would be able to prepare for the celebration of the sacrifices, whether it be offering, especially lambs, unblemished lambs to God. So in this we see we see the great respect that Judas Maccabees and his family members had for God and the place where God should be worshipped. And that would be in his holy temple. Judas Maccabees turns out to be one of the most valiant warriors defending God, defending the church, defending religion, fighting against paganism, fighting against idolatry. One of the most noble kings, rather, uh, warriors in all the Bible. So after the temple is rededicated, they they celebrate feasts for eight days. The responsorial psalm is taken from 1 Chronicles 29. That is, we praise your glorious name, Almighty God. We praise your glorious name, Almighty God. My friends, one of the prayers that I'll make, especially after receiving Holy Communion, sometimes I'll say the divine praises. The divine praises are, my friends, blessed be God. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his glorious... Blessed be his sacred heart. Blessed be his glorious name. Blessed be Jesus and the most holy sacrament, the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Blessed be the great mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, virgin and mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God and his angels and his saints. 
May the heart of Jesus and the most blessed sack may be praised, adored, and worshipped with grateful affection in all the tabernacles of the world now and until the end of time. Amen. So I've just prayed for you what are called the divine praises. Those divine praises we pray after we receive the benediction from the Blessed Sacrament. But the Responsorial Psalm invites us, we praise your glorious name, Almighty God. I thought I'd make a connection between the Responsorial Psalm and the Divine divine Praises. St. Ignatius of Loyola also says, he says that we, my friends, we are called, my friends, we are called to praise God. That's the purpose of our existence, to to praise God. So, in the senile connection between the book of Maccabees and then we have the gospel itself. So we move from the book of Maccabees to the gospel. This is taken from St. Luke chapter 19, verse 45 to 48. Four verses. And this is a very, very powerful verse. We see Jesus in the temple in John chapter 2 after he turns water into wine. We see him in the temple, as well as Luke chapter 19. In this verse, try to imagine the scene. Jesus enters the temple area, and he sees the people They're selling things. So the temple area is basically been transformed into a marketplace, into a commercial center. It's turned into a marketplace, into a commercial center. Now the Old Testament book says that one goes to the temple, he should be offering some gift to God. But this has gotten way out of hand. Instead of going to Jerusalem to worship God in the temple that was constructed 
during the time of King Solomon, the son of King David, it's basically been transformed into a marketplace in which instead of praising and worshipping God, the people, because of the sellers, are just interested in buying things rather than going into the temple to praise and worship God. So in this passage, we actually see Jesus very angry. He's very angry. He's very angry. It's a a righteous anger. So he makes a whip of cords and he drives these people who are selling things and he says to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer. But you have turned it into a den of thieves. So every day Jesus was teaching in the temple area. And you can imagine that the chief priests and the scribes and the leaders of the people were very, very angry. They were very, very angry at what our Lord did. And they were seeking to put him to death. They're seeking the opportunity to put him to death. But they could find no way to accomplish this, their ugly purposes, because all the people, they were hanging on his words. So today, my friends, we have this powerful gospel. This very, very powerful, powerful, powerful gospel. Of the cleansing of the temple. In the movie Jesus of Nazareth, which was done a good 50 years ago by Franco Zeffirelli, portrays it very well. We see our Lord very strong, lifting up the tables, spilling the money. You can see the the birds flying off, the people shocked. Indeed, it is a very powerful scene. This is a very, very powerful scene, my friends. And you can see the first reading in the Gospel, there's a parallel. Judas Maccabees and his brothers, they rededicate the temple that has been desecrated. 
And then they celebrate feast for eight days. And every 25th of Chislev that they will do this every year. Celebrating the dedication of the great temple, which is the home of God. So, we see more than 150 years later, Jesus now was in the temple. In a certain sense, Jesus is purifying the temple. So there is a real parallel. There is a real parallel theme between the first reading and the gospel today. And that is the great reverence, the great reverence and respect that we should manifest. I will try this to apply this to ourselves now. The great reverence, the great reverence and respect that we should have now, 2,000 years later, for God. For God and for God's holy temple. For God and for God's holy temple. So I've given you, I think, a pretty clear interpretation of the two biblical passages today. Given you a pretty clear interpretation, I think the great reverence and respect that we should have for the temple, which is the house of God. Now, let's see, how can we, how can we, followers of Christ, trying to live out the word of God in our lives, how can we put this into practice? How can we apply this biblical passage to our own lives right now? So let's talk about that. We're called to put into practice, to implement the Word of God in our lives right now. First is... We should be thankful. We should be thankful, eternally, eternally grateful for the fact that we ourselves right now can go into our own temple. And our own temple would be today the Catholic Church that we attend. I am presently in the parish of St. Peter Chanel. So thankful for the fact that we have a temple. And the church documents encourages pastors, priests to have the, the church, the parish, the temple doors open during the course of the day so that the people can come in. 
through the temple doors, through the church doors. Through the church doors should be not locked the whole day, but rather they should be open, inviting people to come. To come and to visit the Lord. And we should be thankful because there are countries, especially communist countries where you're going to go to the temple to worship the Lord that has to be done underground. As we see in the life of the Vietnamese martyrs that we celebrate today. Or the Chinese martyrs. Or the Korean martyrs. Or the Cristado martyrs. Or the English martyrs in the time of Thomas More. Or the first three centuries, St. Cecilia, the early Roman martyrs. Right now we don't live in that social milieu. It could be. It could be. We don't really know. It could be. That there could be a persecution from the government such that we cannot practice our faith openly. Even though this does go against our constitution which is freedom of religious cult or practice. But the devil never goes on vacation. That's so true. So I would say, very concrete interpretation of this passage is the following. Let us make an effort according to our vocation and the time we have at our disposition to visit our modern temple. The Bible speaks about the temple that was rededicated by Judas and Jesus going into the temple of Jerusalem. But we have the opportunity to go into our own temple, our own parishes, and to worship the Lord. To worship the Lord, to pray the divine praises, to visit the Que Vive Cristo Rey, to visit the, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. To visit the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. One of the first little poems I learned from my mother was this, related to the topic of visiting the Lord. And the short poem is the following. 
whenever I see a church. I stop to make a visit so that when I die, the Lord will not say, who is it? Do you like that? I like that. That's what we're trying to explain in the theme that we're developing today. We want to visit our church. So my friends, I'll repeat that short poem. That short poem that's easy to memorize. Whenever I see a church, I stop to make a visit. So when I die, the Lord will not say, Who is it? So my friends, we've had a very good conversation today on the wake of the celebration of Thanksgiving. I invite all of you, my friends, to become missionaries and to share our message to the whole world. Many of you have many friends to share this message to your friends. This is a means by which we can be evangelizing. We can become missionaries. We can become catechists. In a world in which there's so much ignorance. So I'd like to impart to all of you in our Perseverance family my priestly blessing. Let's pray mutually for each other that we would be able to say que viva Cristo Rey with our lips with our hearts and with our lives. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord for His good, for His mercy endures forever. Amen.